Hi, I'm Brianne Bennis, and this is No End in Sight, a podcast about life with chronic illness. Today, I'm talking to my friend Stuart about his celiac diagnosis. You'll notice that I commiserate a lot about eating gluten-free and being really itchy and other dietary stuff, so check out episode one if you want to hear more of my story. I have an extra disclaimer on this episode, which is that we are so definitely not scientists or doctors. It's been years since either of us has actually researched the biological mechanisms behind celiac disease, so take everything we say with a grain of salt. And if you want to know more about what is actually happening inside your body with celiac, I encourage you to do outside research. And of course, I've got my normal disclaimer. This podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Make sure you talk to your practitioner about any questions or symptoms. Hello, Stuart. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Okay. So I usually like to start this part by asking people, um, asking people if they were healthy as a kid. So think back to young Stuart. Were you a pretty healthy kid or do you remember having health stuff then? Uh, if I were to think back, I actually was a pretty healthy kid. I... um. Yeah, I don't think I was very sick very often. I mean, I will say when I got sick, I got really, really sick. Like, but I didn't really have a lot of colds or flus. I had chickenpox twice, though. So, Ooh, like, me too, actually. Yeah, I had chickenpox twice. Um, but yeah, no, I wasn't a kid who got sick very often. But again, when I did get sick, I got really, really sick. Um, I had walking pneumonia like three times. <laughs> so, wow. um, but yeah, no, I was a pretty healthy kid, um, according to my mother, and I don't remember my I don't remember being sick very often um, in high school as well, like upwards to about tenth grade, and then tenth grade I sort of like, if I were to really like think about it, from tenth to like start of university, things started changing, um, where I started getting a lot more like rashes and um, headaches and stuff like that. So that was really more of like the turning point but from like before 10th grade to like being a baby I was a really healthy child nothing weird except the chicken pox nothing weird except the chicken pox yeah and then so you started to get well rashes and headaches did you think that they meant anything or were you just like yeah here's a weird thing that's going on with my body well it was explained to me like I remember going to um like a dermatologist, of course, is acne as a kid, and you're like, oh, the dermatology uh, dermatologist, and the dermatologist at the time was like, oh, it must be a reaction to laundry detergent you're using. So my mother was like, oh yeah, I have a reaction to some laundry detergents too. So obviously, maybe you have sensitive skin. Okay. So we changed the detergent, and that helped a little bit, but. Um, not really. Like, I think it was more like psychosomatic where I was like, oh, the literature isn't different, so I'm healthy now, or yeah. like, I'm better. You were but reading like, the symptoms differently. Exactly. So I think that, um, like, my, like, I would still flare up with these, like, really, like, small little bumps on my arms and my inner thighs. So then it was explained away with, I was a competitive swimmer, so I was like, it's a reaction to the chlorine. Um, so doctor was like, oh, make sure you're, like, washing your body thoroughly or rinsing yourself off after the pool because kids have allergic reactions. It, it might be like a, 
a mild form of eczema. And I was like, okay. But like nothing, like as a teenager, you're like, oh, doctor said this. It's obviously this. Like, I'm not going to argue. Who am I? I'm a 10th grader. Right. And you don't. Itchy skin. (laughs) Yeah. And you don't even have access, especially not that that was that long ago, but especially even that long ago in terms of access to information. Yeah, like, I think it was, like, what, YouTube just started in, like, what, 2004 or something like that? And, like, I think it was even was... later than that, yeah. yeah it's it all was much like... more recent than we realize. And, like, Google was just sort of taking off. Like, back then it was still, like, Ask Jeeves. And, yeah, like... I remember learning about Alta Vista in school. Like, in my com- yeah. middle school computer class, we watched a video about how to search in Alta Vista, which yeah, I'm exactly. quite sure is gone now. It's com- Yeah, it's completely gone, and, like... Um, I just remember like recently looking up like where Ask Jeeves happened. Now it's Ask.com. Yeah. Powered by like Mozilla. But like Jeeves, they actually have an article about Jeeves retiring. Being like, <laughs> Jeeves is gone. Yeah. Nobody um, actually wants an internet butler. No at all. Like no one needs that. Thank you very much. But I, I was so like, yeah, there was not really a lot of access. And of course, as of, like a 16, 17 year old, you're like, oh, my doctor's right. And like my headaches were explained away by like, you're just growing up like you're maturing and you are under a lot more stress now and like you need to wear your glasses more and I was like okay um and then like I started getting like really bad stomach pains like in 12th grade and I was like they would be like intermittent but no one ever connected all of them together so I remember they were like oh you have a sensitive stomach um try it's again due to stress. Like everything I remember like in high school going back to stress, they were like, it's your, you're stressed out. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, I'm stressed, but I don't think I'm any more stressed out than anybody else. Like, I don't know why my body is like certain weeks just falling apart. Like my, my classmates don't have rashes on their arms or like dealing with like crippling stomach pain or like a uh, bad headache. So Looking back now, I'm, it's maddening to me that I didn't, like, ask the question. The doctor's office being like, I really don't get it. Like, yeah. can someone just, like, explain it to me in a way that it makes sense to me? Because right now, like, I don't – not saying you're, I don't believe you, but I'm saying, like, there, there has to be more to this. Yeah. But, like, It's yeah. amazing that comparison thing that you're talking about because I feel like you kind of get – eventually to a tipping point when you realize that not everybody else is having this experience like maybe you kind of know that not everybody else has rashes but you're like everybody's bodies are weird this is the way that my body's weird exactly so like that's why i kind of just accepted it as like i guess this is my life and i'm it was really only furthered by the fact that like the dermatologist who saw me first also saw my sister and just told my like 12 year old sister at the time that she would acne have acne forever oh <laughs> that's just her life now and my sister was like heartbroken and I was like I guess my life is just rashes I guess this is my life I really that's like a really effective form of dermatology is just y- your right. entire job is teaching people to accept their current situation <laughs> like, acceptance-based exactly. dermatology I just remember, like, her coming home from the dermatologist and, like, crying on the living room couch for, like, an hour, being like, I'm just going to be ugly forever. Aww. And I was, like, and I remember, like, sitting there thinking, like, as I was comforting her and being like, no, it's going to go away. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Like, quietly accepting that I guess I'm just going to have rashes. Like, I guess this is just my life. And, like, I guess I need to be okay with that. And it was embarrassing because, like, you could see it on my arms. And, like, mm-hmm. it was enough of a it was noticeable enough that people would be like, oh, like, what's happening? Yeah. And I'm like, 
I have rashes. Yeah. Like of like unknown origin. Stress, if you will. I get stress rashes. I get stress rashes. Not particularly he- stressed right now, but but you know, maybe I'm like in so like I remember that also like fed into later on me being like believing that like into university believing that like I was feeling a lot more stress than I ne- like necessarily was aware of. So like being like maybe I am really stressed out and like I'm broken and just don't feel that. Mm-hmm. And like maybe people are like noticing that I'm a lot more like unhinged than I necessarily want to believe. Like then I realize that I realize like I started to like actually think like first year university when I started developing like ulcers that I was like, Jesus, maybe like, maybe like the, my version of myself that I I thought was true is not really the, what I'm projecting in this world. Like maybe I actually I'm like appearing like I am just like lost it. And there's like that scene from like Man of the Year with Laura Linney like yelling about mayonnaise or like coffee or something, and I just don't see it. I'm like, it's fine. Like, I don't are, think like, that I'm stressed, but everyone but maybe, else can yeah, yeah. tell. Exactly, like everyone levels, else can like tell. are at ulcer. It's at ulcer level, and I remember like going to the doctor like first university and then being like, yeah, it's a stress ulcer, and I was like, but I'm not stressed, and they were like, are you sure? And it's really interesting because I remember actually being convinced that I was, yeah. and I was, maybe I am. And I was like, yeah, I guess I'm really stressed. I'm stressed. Cause I had like, at that time I was working, uh, I was tutoring English and I was like working full time at a retail store. And like, I took maybe one extra class that I probably shouldn't have done. So I was like, yeah, that makes total and volunteering at the, like the LGBT, um, like, uh, uh, section of the university like club of the university and I was like I guess I'm just taking on way too much and I just don't know how to like process that stress so I think I'm fine but my body's telling me I'm not so like I should probably listen to them and the doctor and the doctor's like only trying to help me mm-hmm. but like never and again like still dealing with the stomach cramps still dealing with like the the headaches and the rashes and I was like none of these things are related except for stress no all stress all okay. Yeah. And that's and did you have the same doctor while you were in university? Yeah. So yeah. like I I developed like I had a doctor um in like all through my childhood who was like Eastern European and believed that like drugs solved all problems. Like her catchphrase if she was on a TV show would be like, I give you drug, you feel better in the morning. Great. And I was like, Cool, awesome. But then she left and went back to Europe and I my doctor I just defaulted into another doctor at the clinic and he was, he owned the clinic, he ran the clinic and owned like the the practice. And he was just like a very, like, this is what you have. This is what it is. And like, there was Mm -hmm. no conversation or argument. And when you tried to like ask him a question, he'd be like, but I'm the doctor. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you're right. I, you're correct. I don't know. Yeah. And it, it kind of shot down any ability to be a partner in my own health it was just like, I'm coming to you because I have a problem and this is a solution to the problem and there's no like further information you need from me because you figured it out. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I was willing to accept that until it, it became yeah. a, a tipping point for me that I was like, I need to ask more questions. Yeah. And so when did that happen? So that happened um, just after I – it was like the last year of university – um, 
first year like out of university and I was living on my own and like the rashes were just terrible. Like it was just like I was itching my skin until I was bleeding. It was so itchy and I was my like my headaches were so bad and I just like I couldn't concentrate on anything and I was like nauseous all the time and I had also like I had like recurring ulcers that would be, feel like I could like taste like stomach acid in the back of my throat always. Okay. And my I went back to the doctor and I was like there has to be something else happening now because it's not just like oh once in a while like this is a flare up and it's because of like stress it's all the time and I can't focus I can't do my job correctly um I can't I, not, I'm like not able to go out with friends because like if I eat I'm also sick and I'm like I buy if I don't eat, I'm also sick. So like, there's not really a thing that's happening here and I can't really eat anything. Like, so anything that I eat makes me more sick. And at that point I had like dropped 40 pounds cause I had like only been eating like a bran muffin in the morning and like nothing else because, and like, I'd have like a, like a piece of like fish in the like for lunch and like if I ate lunch I wasn't feeling too nauseous mm-hmm. went back to him and he listened to all of my symptoms and I was like I'm exhausted my hair was like coming out in clumps because I was like wasn't eating um I could taste like the stomach acid crippling like and he remember him prescribing me two medications which I can't remember the name of right now but one he was like oh it's because you have really bad acid reflux and I okay. was like okay but for like that's not a that's not a problem I've ever dealt with before. So like, what caused that? And he was and he, I remember him sitting me down, and he, like I'm talking like he was not a doctor had any empathy at all. Mm-hmm. It was like everything was like very black and white. And he was like, so I think it's stomach cancer. And I was like, pardon oh. me. And I was like, pardon me. And I remember like, and it's it's I think it's a natural reaction to do this, but like have a complete like emotional breakdown because you're well yeah you feel feel so sick and you're like 23 22 23 24 years old and someone just tells you that like oh by the way i think casually in a conversation like you'd ask somebody for a fax or like you see my email he's like yeah it's probably stomach cancer and i was like what an interesting and fun idea i know and i was like and i remember like being completely speechless and like sitting there for a second i could i remember like hearing everything in the room except I couldn't process that information and all I remember doing was like trying to talk my way through it and like crying and I was like yeah I, I can't have stomach cancer I'm too young Aww. I was like I'm only like I think I said 20 I was like only 23 and he was like you're never too young for cancer and I was like what I, I mean I, sure I, like factually sure but like right. and I was like but I I, I'm like, I, I can't have it. I'm like, I like what? And he was like, I'm going to prescribe you some medication. I'm also going to like, have you go for some tests. Like maybe you lead like, with the tests. I know. And I was like, but like what? And I'm like, again, sobbing. And he's not offering me a tissue. He's not offering me anything. He's just literally and like listing off tests he wants me to have. And like when I should go and like when I'm free and do I have a schedule that I need to adhere to? And like, are my class, like, do I have some freedom from like my exams? And I was like crying. Like, I'm like, ups- I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Like, 
what is the percentage of like do you think like am i like 80 percent have cancer or like do i sure. need to have a test first or like what is the medication for and i was like is this the rashes like how long have i had it for because i'm now i'm like drawing it long form back to like high school and i'm like oh fuck right. i'm in end stage cancer now yeah thinking that you've had you've been showing symptoms of something for like seven years at this point is that about right yeah exactly yeah about that and i was like it probably started off as like something completely like innocuous like and i'm like innocuous and now i'm like i have full-blown stage four cancer and i'm like not to draw it back to laura linney but i'm like laura linney and like the big c and i'm like fuck i'm like now i have to go home and tell my parents that I have cancer and like, oh, well, I'm going to die. And I'm 24. I just finished university and like, I haven't started my life and this is the end and that's it. And like this whole time, the doctor's talking about like schedules and like, when can I book you for this test? And like, do you have an opening here? And like, how do you like, do you, you know, exhaust, fatigue is a major symptom of, of, of stomach cancer. And so is like rashes and ulcers and like, I'm pale Jesus. and that makes sense. And I'm like, yeah, everything fits, but like it doesn't fit all together. It's just but like it also all fit for stress. Like exactly. if this cluster fits for literally anything, it's weird to jump from stress to cancer. Exactly. And what I, I remember him I remember asking later on, I was like, what is causing like, I remember when I calmed down, I was able to like ask him a question because then I got angry because he wasn't giving me time to like process. He was asking me, and I was like, You need to stop talking. Mm-hmm. I have questions. And I was like, what is making you think I have cancer? And he was like, you're tired. You have ulcers. You have confirmed you've had three ulcers. And that's like, a, he's a guy. It's it, the ulcers are one thing, fatigue, paleness, lack of appetite, weight loss. And I was like, but I'm not, I'm weight loss because I'm not eating anything. Yeah. And I have, because I have bad, like acid reflux. He was like another symptom. I was like, but it, it doesn't like, I'm like, I, and I'm like, now I'm like upset. So I'm like, but like, I've had these other symptoms for years, and you never said a cancer before. So I'm like, if you're saying cancer now, is it too like? Are you saying it's too late now? Like this is like later stage cancer, and he was like, oh, we'll wait till the tests get back before we jump to the cancer. And I was like, you jumped to cancer. I didn't like arrive at cancer myself. I didn't come in here being like, I think I have cancer. I came in here being like, I feel shitty, and I want you to help me feel better because I'm starting to like not be able to live my life as an early 20 something Mm -hmm. and he was like oh okay so i went for the test which is like basically um an endoscope to like go down and like see this like the cell a blood test and like there was something else which i'm not oh a biopsy right um and which is also inside yeah and also yeah so it went right i had to dig through endoscopically for the biopsy um and then i had to go for um yeah that's but that's all of them yeah that was all all of them and then it came back negative for cancer thankfully they were like oh you have stomach ulcers and i was like yes and he, and he was like not cancer so he prescribed me two medications that one was to, to he was like it must be just really bad acid reflux and the acids causing stomach the ulcers causing stomach acid to like go into your esophagus and i'm worried about your esophagus getting damaged so like i'm going to prescribe you um I think it was Nexium or Next, the purple pill, to uh, lower the, the the acid in your stomach. And another pill to like strengthen the sphincter of your between your esophagus and your stomach okay, to keep yeah. the acids on, like, in the stomach area. Okay. Well, <laughs> that made me 
so so thick. Like, Those pills. It was because they should have been taken together, which I found out from a specialist. He sent me to two three weeks later when I was legitimately like. I also had a, a, a recertification for my life saving and like my uh, my national lifeguard stuff and yeah. stuff like that. So like, I'm in a pool and I am literally like getting out of the pool, throwing up in the bathroom, like just having the worst, like diarrhea, everything. Being like, I think I'm dying. Like I'm like, but yeah. like, I'm so stubborn that I was like, I'm gonna get back in the pool and continue doing this fucking recertification yeah. because like I'm not. I don't have cancer. It must be something like it's just again. I'm like we'll figure it out. This medication, I guess, has to make me worse to make me better. Like I don't know. Yeah. You know that like you know that thing where it's like yeah. it only gets worse before it gets better. I, I like in my 24 year old head, I'm like it makes sense. I guess I will. I'll just get worse and then I'll get better. My body will adjust and heal. And I'm and like I'll have my lifeguard certification. And I'll have my lifeguard certification to finish my like so I can like continue doing this like after school program that I started. Where I'm like watching 30 kids with another person and like completely and like looking back on, I probably shouldn't be doing that because I was so sick that I was like, like at this point I was, yeah, I was way too underweight to like handle that amount of like work and I was exhausted all the time. I'm like, I'm not talking like exhausted where you're like, I'm a little tired. I'm talking like fall asleep in like public exhausted, yeah. like, like transit, unable to like keep awake uh, to the point where I'm like, I'm like, literally had to be like getting up and down to like stay awake. Mm-hmm. Um, like only if you kept moving. Yeah, I had to be keeping. And like, coffee wasn't working. I couldn't. I couldn't drink coffee because it interfered with the medication. Oh, so I was oh. like, I oh. was like, I I couldn't. I couldn't stay awake. And I was like, my my grades were slipping. No, was it? I was taking after. I was taking a, a like an after university course to like uh, for writing, and I was like, I couldn't do the work i had to like mm-hmm. drop it i was like i can't do anything i can't concentrate yeah so um which also i didn't go to my graduation from my university because i was so sick i was like <sighs> i can't i can't go i can't sit there for three hours and like i can't do it it's so torture. it was i was I, I just having images of myself like throwing up over people or like i just so i went to the specialist and he was like this really like I got my mom to drive me. We had a huge fight in the car outside. So I was like, you're not coming in with me. Thank you for driving me. That You stay in the car. I'm an adult. Um, so we went, I went to the, I went into the, uh, the specialist office at the hospital downtown. Um, and he was like, why are you taking these medications together out of curiosity? And I was like, it's my doctor. He gave it to me and I explained it. And he was like, these actually are fighting against each other. And it's causing it's probably causing you like a toxic like it's basically making you toxic and i was like great cool and he's like i'm like awesome that's just what i needed to hear thank you so much so he uh got me off the medication and he was like i would really like to do some tests on you because for someone your age i don't necessarily understand why you're dealing with this like battery of symptoms mm-hmm. um it's like i think it could be um, he was like, the weight loss is most concerning to me. Um, he was like, I need you to be really honest with me. Are you anorexic? And I was like, no. And I was like, I can't eat because it makes me physically sick. I'm only able to keep down like a, like a small handful of foods. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, even then, like certain parts of the day, which I realized that 
with the bran muffin and the the carb based diet that I was eating to keep me like going, it was actually causing more problems because it was right. the only thing I was eating. My body was just being like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Yeah. So I was by the end of the day so nauseous and so sick that I eating anything else. I was like, I can't. So, um, and at that time I was vegetarian as well. So I was like, a carb based diet was a very like, it was big. Right. Uh, it was a big staple of my diet. Um, I didn't make the correlation between like days I didn't eat carbs and only ate vegetables. I was a lot, I felt a lot better, but like that didn't register with me. Well, and that was probably super rare. Like until you, until the magic future, when you learned that perhaps you want to be on a diet like that, like why on earth would you, what would you even be eating? It's like maybe if you have eggs and bacon for breakfast because you go out and don't have toast, like. Yeah, it was just like, it was a very like, and also like, unfortunately, we live in a society where like carbs are always available readily and cheap. Yeah, like free. They are the free option. They're always a free option. So like anywhere, it was always like people have a basket of muffins out or cookies or all these things. You'd be like, okay, I'm going to have a muffin because it's like, it's what people classify as a bland diet. Yeah. So, and I can't. And fiber is good. And fiber is good. Exactly. So. Um, and you're taught in school that like that is the energy that fuels you and if you're exhausted you're like I obviously need more carbs to like get me through my day and as yeah. a vegetarian you're like I'm not eating meat so I have to like fill it with something yeah uh, uh, so anyway he did a battery of tests he like uh, made me go see a therapist to make sure that I because he didn't believe that I wasn't anorexic which then she was like I think you're depressed and anorexic and I think that you haven't accepted the either or. I think you have a, really, a control issues. And I was like, yeah, I'm a controlling psychopath with an A-type personality. But, like, I'm also not anorexic or depressed. I think what right now I am depressed circumstantially based on the fact that I have no idea what's wrong with me. And I'm only getting worse. Right. And, like, nobody can tell me why. And she was like, does that depress you? And I was like, like I just said, yes, it does depress me. But I'm not a uh, it became very like hard for me because I'm seeing. A th- I was like forced to see a therapist. My the specialist I went to was doing a battery of tests, where it was like he tested me for uh, Lyme disease, kidney, oh, uh, renal failure. That was another thing that he thought I was in, like uh, liver disease. Um, what kind of specialist was it? That's a lot. That's a broad range of tests to do. It was a di- it was a digestive specialist um, who dealt with uh, stomach issues. Like it was basically stomach issues and kidneys, and he thought I was in renal failure for some strange reason. Because he was like, my blood tests were showing that my levels were very low for a lot of different things, mm-hmm. and my white blood cells were really high. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, Which is like it infection. Doesn't- Infection, exactly. And he was like, it doesn't make any sense. And at that point, I had like two ulcers in my, like I had one in my duodenum, my duodenum, and then one in my stomach. So one was a peptic ulcer and one was a, a duodotic <laughs> ulcer. I can't say that word. It's awful. Um, and it was just, it was, it was really bad because I was like, it hit me in both, which I, so he basically... And then I was, like, dealing with a rash. It was a rash was, like, completely, like, on the other thing. And finally, I was, like, can I just, at the very least, the very least, I'm scarring my body. 
can you just send me to a, a German, another dermatologist than one in my doctor's office? And he was like, oh, there's one in the hospital you can see. Like she's, And we like set up an appointment. I set up an appointment and I saw her the week later. And I, she was like my godsend because I sat <laughs> down and I was like, I just, and I remember being really upset that day because I was like, it was a really shitty day and I almost didn't go because I was, I was feeling so shitty. And I actually took a taxi from my apartment and I was like a poor, like, 20 something i had been taking days off work so my like paycheck was like really not it was fluctuating mm-hmm. so like for me to take a cab from like in the beaches to like downtown toronto it was like a 27 dollar cab ride and i was like well i don't eat anyway so like steep grocery money aside yeah so i went in and i like took the cab all the way there because i simply couldn't take this public transit and i was like if i throw up at least i can tell the cab driver to stop and I can like throw up on the street because at this point, I think like everyone gets to that point where like dignity aside, like you're just like, I'm sick now and this is my life. Yeah. And people just have to understand that like, I'm a person who throws up on a way to a doctor's office. And I'm you like, just are now. yeah, maybe I have to like duck into a Starbucks, not buy a single thing, but like literally like kneel in front of their, like their public restroom and like be there for 20 minutes and like leave and, like accept the looks that people are giving you as you leave being like, I'm really sorry that I'm this person. Like, cause you ever, I think people look at you as a, like a, a 20 something and they're like, Oh, hungover yeah. or like on drugs. And you're like, yeah. no idea what's wrong with me guys. But like, not that I have stress. Like, yeah. Yeah. Very stressed, fortunate not to have stomach cancer. Exactly. But could be a, battery of other things I could be anorexic and depressed again no idea so I remember going to her and she like was looking at my arms and looking at my inner thighs and I like had to like pull my pants down and I'm like well this is my life oh it's also all of my stomach too and she was like oh it looks like a gluten rash and I was like what is that I was like what is me I literally was like what is that and she was like it looks like a gluten rash she was like I actually deal with this I've had a couple of patients who've had this and I've gotten really well versed in it. Um, it's relatively a new thing that we're looking at, but like it, yours looks like a gluten rash. And she was like, do you have any other symptoms? And I was like, like what? And she was like, um, do you eat a lot of like breads and, and wheat products? And I was like, I'm vegetarian. So that's a big part of my diet. And she was like, do you have like, cramping and like headaches and she was like you seem you seem very thin and like maybe that's your body type but do you she's like have you always been this thin and I was like I've always been lean but I'm like I've never been this thin and she was like and she's like I'm also noticing on your face too like there's a little bit of patchiness and I was like yeah it happens sometimes and she was like it honestly like looks like gluten rash and then she like pulled a book out and she like pulled like a pamphlet out or like a a, like a informational document and she like let me read it and I was like in my head I was like reading it being like this fits this fits this fits this fits and she's just sitting there like yeah, whatever no big like, deal no idea what I've gone through for the last like years like actual years and I again start crying which I'm not a crier so this is very weird to me <laughs> And, like, that portion of my life is, like, chronicled by crying in doctor's offices, like, begging them to help me or, like, being, like, you figured it out. Yeah. And I was, like, I think that – I'm, like, what is what is gluten? 
Right. <coughs> Imagine I living in a time when you didn't know. Compa- just like yeah, exactly. in compared to now when literally everybody knows. But oh, everybody's like everybody has a gluten intolerance or something. They're like, I'm gluten and I'm like trying to lose weight for Cabo. I'm gluten intolerant. And I'm like, die. I'm like, but um, at this time it was like, what, 2007, 2000 and yeah, 2007, 2006. Like nobody, like very few people knew what that was. And when you say right. it, they were like, oh, the new fad. Yeah. Like I saw that on Dateline and you're like, okay. But like I had enough cable. I didn't have like, I wasn't looking for it. So therefore I had no background right. information. On it. So you so, asked her what gluten is. I asked her what gluten is. And she like explained it was like a protein that certain people can't break down their bodies and their bodies actually end up treating it as like treating them like their own or like their own organs and antibodies as uh, a disease, like an infection that they're fighting. So you're basically destroying your own organs in the process of trying to break down this thing that they don't have. Like they don't have the antibody or a protein to do this or an antibody to do this. And I was like, okay. And she was like, there's basically a blood test where you are treated or you're tested for like TTG, IgG levels, which I think is like, IgG uh, is definitely an antibody. Yeah, it's like a tissue. It's like a tissue transglutaminase thing. Right. It's basically an enzyme. Um, uh, and it's an antibody as well. So it's like an antibody and, and, and that it attacks the enzyme in, in gluten. Um, but no, sorry. The celiac disease is the ant- it creates antibodies to attack the enzyme that you don't have or you are introduced into your body that you don't have. So it's like when you eat gluten. It, you don't it have cr- an enzyme. The break, I don't know the breakdown. Yeah, but so it's trying to attack the gluten. Exactly. And it goes after your, um, the what are they called? The veli, the veli. The veli of my 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 lower yeah. intestines. And that's what yeah. the that's what they go after when they're trying to go after gluten. We're doing yeah, really good hand gestures that no one will see. I know no one will ever see this, and like I'm like fumbling through. It's been like twelve years since this, I. This have, is like, the exact same thing happened to me going over mine. I was like, oh, I used to know all of this, and it doesn't matter anymore, so it's gone. <laughs> yeah, no, literally, like I like took it away. Um, I remember like explaining it to somebody a couple of years ago, and it all being there, and then no one's asked me about it except for you. <laughs> like years, okay. they okay. accept it. They're like, oh, gluten. You eat paper. I'm like, yep. Um, yeah. So it's funny because it, it, it now we all, everyone jokes about it. They're like, "Oh, remember when you were like horribly sick?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I did." And they're like, "Wasn't that hilarious?" And I'm like, "No, but like I see the humor in it now, I guess, but not really." Right? Sure. It was <laughs> sure, a weird time. Yeah, a weird time in my life when I. So anyway, she gave me an instructional manual, and she was I was like talking about. Then I like got into a whole thing with the specialists and the doctors and like years, and she was like. Here's um and she printed off um a meal plan for me. Like mm-hmm. she basically like really quickly um went online and like there was a very basic meal plan and she was like I want you to follow this for a month. Mm-hmm. And she was like it would be ideal if you did it for 2 months and see if uh things improve. If they don't, you have nothing to lose, you tried. Right. But like I'm not going to prescribe anything for your rash because if it's a gluten rash, like I think it is, and I'm and I've I've seen this in patients before, like I have a pretty good idea of what it looks like, it'll go away by itself. But there's nothing that I can give you topically that's gonna help with this. Right. Like all I could do is basically put something topically to, to like ease the itch. Mm-hmm. But like even then, you're, it's still gonna be like inflamed. 
inflamed. Yeah. So I was like, at this point, like I, I was like, okay, um, sure. Um, so I took the meal plan and I became like an insane person and like only bought, only made meals that were like three ingredients. Like yeah. it was like salt, the vegetable and like, or like a raw vegetable. Um, everything had to say gluten-free on it. Even yeah. when this, like, and it was like. Stuff that uh, wouldn't be contaminated. Well, you wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. But like, and also anything that was labeled gluten-free at that time in 2007 was super expensive. And you only got, to, only bought from like Whole Foods. Which um, Canada didn't have yet. But no, and it was like I think there was a health food store in Queen Street that called itself Whole Foods Beaches. Great, and it was just it wasn't a real Whole Foods, but it sold all that same stuff. Yeah. Well, and it was like and, that one really dry rice bread with the orange label, and like and like hummus that was like already gluten free, but they labeled it gluten free and marked the price at four dollars. I like how um, a lot of I'm sorry, I leaned away from the mic, but a lot of pro- products have started doing that in the last five years. Like things that never had yeah. gluten in them now are labeled gluten-free. You're like, yeah. thanks, Cheerios. Yeah, or like, thank you, almond milk. Thank you so much yeah. for being gluten-free. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then of course, like the price spikes. As soon as gluten-free is on that, it, the price yeah. spikes. It's absurd. So I remember going home when I like was an insane person. I was living with my friends at the time. I tried to explain to her what it was. And she was like, so you're saying you're allergic to bread, but I've seen you eat bread before. Oh, my God. Like, I know. But I'm like, I don't know if this is true. <laughs> I'm just trying this out. And she was like, so like everything, even like potato chips. And I was like, I don't know. Because again, nothing was smart gluten-free at the time. Right. So I cut out everything. Like it was basically vegetables. It was like uh, gluten-free like rice, gluten, yeah. gluten-free quinoa, like hummus, and like and like eggs. And I was yeah. like, this is my life now. Oh, and then like I got uh, salmon as well. Like, and it was funny. Like the first week, like not a lot changed. I didn't feel sick a lot. Like I wasn't nauseous all the time. My headaches slowly subsided. But then I started going through withdrawal. Yeah, which is not a, a symptom they often tell you about. <laughs> um. Gluten affects your brain the same way a drug would. It's the only like uh, protein to actually permeate the derma of your brain to react to your brain like a drug, which is why women who are other periods crave carbs because it's like you feel better. It, your brain registers it as like you feel better when you eat carbs because it's, it is a sugar. It's a high. So I started going through withdrawal, which no one told me I was going to go through. So I became like an insane person. And I'm a pretty like level moderately tempered person to begin with like i'm very apathetic to certain things so like me screaming at people and like yelling like actually yelling at people in a store or like where, where i worked they had to be like Stuart, do you think you need a moment this person like i was like completely com- like i wasn't able to like my moods were like all over the place i was hungry even though i wasn't hungry i had hunger pangs they weren't actually there um I was moody. I was, it was a whole thing, but like, I wasn't nauseous mm-hmm. and I wasn't, I didn't have like, like stomach acid in the back of my throat. And then right. like, geez, like a week or so after that, like that all went away mm-hmm. and I started feeling better and so my like, rash was, my rash was slowly going away. Yeah. Like three weeks in basically. Three weeks in to a month. My rash was like month. My rash was gone. I wasn't itchy. Um, my skin had cleared up. I started putting on a little bit of more weight. 
Um, my color returned to my skin. Like that was the other thing. Um, my hair started being shiny again. I started like not like everything was like, if you were to see me, like everything was dull before. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, my skin looked awful. I had like weird, like peaky, peaky kind of like, skin, like sallow almost. Like mm-hmm. my eyes were dull. My hair was dull. My fingernails were dull. Everything was dull. I was itchy and gross. Mm-hmm. Um, and swollen. I didn't realize how swollen I was because, like, then all like the the swelling goes down, and I was even thinner at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but I was slowly putting on more weight every single week. It was like I was gaining like three to four pounds, like of going back to me. Right, because you were and not at your like healthy weight set point. Exactly, and I was like, I'm six two, and it was like I was like a hundred and fifty five pounds, which is disgusting. I was like a skeletal. Mm -hmm. Um, so by that, by like month two, I was up to about 165, like almost 170. So I looked normal again, Mm -hmm. like not completely up to where I should have been, but like not too alarming. Like people are like, are you okay? Like, are you right? Are you feeling better? And I remember like going back to the, the specialist and explaining what I think it was. And they were like, very like, that's not a thing. About like celiac, celiac? Di- yeah they were like celiac disease is like very very uncommon and like you, it's this is basically like a placebo effect like you think it's working so therefore it's working but it's only like temporary and okay, i was like sure and i was like and that's what I, at that point i was so like happy that i was like no like this is everything is better right like it's also like almost been a month, almost two months, and I'm like, this is better. Like, why are you telling me this placebo effect? And even if it were, like, I don't think a placebo effect would last for two months. I think it would be like a couple of weeks at most. Right. Like, so I was like, when you give people sugar pills who are dealing with terminal cancer or like terminal diseases, like it's a week, maybe two weeks. They like have this like burst of energy, and then it's like a sharp downfall. And I wasn't having that, and I was like. I was like, can we, like, I would prefer, I would really like if you could just give me the test. And they were like, well, I don't think, I think it's a a test we shouldn't have. At that point, it was out of pocket. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I'll pay the money. Like, I don't care. And was that to get a scope or for the blood tests? That was for the the blood test and the scope as well. Like, it was a two-parter. But for for the blood test and the scope, you had to go back on gluten for a certain amount of time. Right, yes. Because you had to... You had to have your t your your anti TG <laughs> levels back up. Yeah, like the damage so has was, to be happening for the damage exactly. to show up. Like you have to be symptomatic. You can't be asymptomatic for it to get a result. Unfortunately, that's like that's the worst part about being celiac is like unless you're actually, um, like symptomatic and are willing to go back to that level of being sick, mm-hmm. you can't get the, the test. Won't be positive or negative. It'll be inconclusive. Right. Um, and that's why most people who are celiac who try out the diet first and like uh, or have an intolerance of some sort don't have the test because they don't want to feel sick again. Yeah, because when especially if you don't need medication. Exactly. If you don't need yeah. medication, and you're like living finally. And that was a weird part is like I finally understood that like a lot of the things I would eat, like no one else felt the way I did. I just assumed that like when people eat a big bowl of pasta they were tired and cranky and had bad stomach aches. I just assumed that was what pasta did. Right. So looking back now, I realized that I was actually like self, like I was taking things out of my diet that like made me feel sick, but never correlating it with what I, what, like, 
what it was that was making me feel sick. I just was like, oh, well, pasta, maybe I don't like it, pasta. Maybe pasta doesn't affect me the same. Like, I don't yeah. like it. I hate it. So I was me. like, it's not for me. Like, maybe my stomach, my person, I'm just the person who doesn't like pasta. And that's my thing. And, like, people go out and have pasta. They love pasta, talk about pasta all this fucking time. And, like, they love these things. And I'm like, yeah. meh. Right, yeah. that you like it, but I don't like it. Right. Because I feel sick, but I assume they feel sick too. Like beer, for example. I was never able to drink beer. Yeah. Like people going to like a, a university party and them having beer pong. I would take one sip of beer and be like bloated out to there. Like literally choking down like vomit and like bleach pale. Yeah. And like having to go home being like beer is not my thing. Yeah. I guess I'll switch to vodka. Yeah. And I can like, manage that. I can manage vodka. But, like, at the certain point, like, after a while, like, I actually had to go off alcohol for a year because my stomach was so damaged right. that I wasn't able to have alcohol. So the specialist was like, I really honestly think the damage you have done to your, like, the damage to your stomach is, I haven't seen this this damage to the stomach lining to your stomach or your, like, your, mm-hmm. uh, your after intestine. After the tests? Was this uh, after the tests? after the tests, yeah. So I went back on gluten for um, a month, two months, and then I had my test. It came back positive. Um, but at that point I went for another test with my specialist and he was like, and they had sent him the, like the scans and the pictures. And he was like, I, you were damaged when you first came to see me, but the level of damage, your stomach lining and your small intestine are so bad that I think that you should stick with your, like go on your gluten-free diet. And he like said it to me, like, it was like go on your gluten-free diet, like this fad diet, if you will. Okay. Like it wasn't like a serious, like it's confirmed by these specialists. Have con- like, like this is diagnosed. I'm actually celiac. Like there's a and black this is the and treatment white protocol. Yeah. Yeah. This is the treatment protocol, but he still treated it. Like I was like some stupid millennial being like, yeah, take your fad diet and like do that, but also don't drink alcohol and don't have spicy food and don't do this for at least a year. Mm-hmm. And like, and he like every three months I had to come back and like do another scope and like see how things were progressing. But yeah, for a year I didn't drink at all. I didn't have any spicy food. I didn't drink. I was pretty much healthy. And it, I only started like um, re-entering, like reintroducing food into my system like a year later mm-hmm. when I started feeling a lot more comfortable with my, um, my diet and being able to play with it a little bit to be mm-hmm. like, do I have to be a strict with like certain things like chips for example right and then i was really really um i was strict with it for like eight nine years like within reason like i would like certain things became like gluten-free like chips became gluten-free i was like mm-hmm. i would like reintroduce them slowly yeah but like, was, what does strict I, mean to you yeah and that's like strict means to me like for me it meant like I never wanted to go back to feeling that way again. Like yeah. it was seven years of my life that never had to happen. Right. Uh, like, yeah, like five to seven years, it never had to happen. And it's, it makes me mad because like I'm mad at myself in one regard for not standing up for myself more, but I'm also mad at the doctors, the series of doctors and specialists that I had who never thought to think outside of the box right. and be like, Maybe it could be this. It happened to be a dermatologist who I swear to God, if I could erect a statue to her in my life, I would. Right. But like, and if you hadn't seen her trying to get like a symptom relief, because she's not the, like, she's not the specialist who that needs to be in her wheelhouse. So like, if you hadn't ended up with her, I mean, you could have seen the dermatologist that I saw who told me that I had scabies and then you would have been like, 
I have scabies now. Yeah, you would have been I like, have cool, stress cool. Due scabies. Also, I have scabies. Like, yeah, yeah, like it's complete happenstance. It would yeah, have been like another few years before the gluten-free diet phase hit, like craze hit, and then you might have gone like, huh, maybe that's for me. But which also yeah. would have been luck. Exactly, it would have been complete like happenstance and luck. And the like the one thing I find hilarious about it was the fact that this specialist was an internalist. Like he he's specialized in it, like internal medicine and internal organs, and for him to completely just disregard and look at the symptoms micro like microscopically on like a one at a time and not together, mm-hmm. or like figure out that it started with like a rash or it started with like headaches and like a rash intermittently Mm -hmm. and like it got worse from that point on to the point that I was so so sick that everything happened in like a microcosm of like oh well now he's super sick therefore Mm -hmm. it has to be these giant things Mm -hmm. and we're never going to treat the underlying start of it right and it kept being me being like yeah but I I remember just keep being like if the very least, and like this is so sad it became, like at the very least, can you just make me not itchy anymore? Right. Like I just remember like constantly being like every every doctor's appointment I went to, and I went to so many, like they couldn't offer me a solution. They couldn't make me feel better. They didn't know what was wrong with me. But like as sad as it was, I just was like, if you could just fix this one thing, I yeah. would still be like a little bit better. Yeah. And for her to like, for her to mention it in like passing, oh, it's a gluten rash. Like it was like, it was so like natural for her to be like oh yeah it's this yeah like totally obvious yeah totally obvious it's this what it is and i was like okay and i think i remember asking her like is that a form of cancer like is that a form of stress (laughs) and like like, is gluten a form of stress like is that a doctor term for it and she was like no it's like it's a whole other thing and i was like it's basically a food allergy just not the way you think about allergies (laughs) and she was like it's it's an autoimmune disease and i was like oh okay like but then of that? course like what's that and then like all any autoimmune disease i know about is like lupus and, it's, and it was like from house like watching mm-hmm. house being like every episode fucking the doctor would be like maybe it's lupus right i like no matter what it was from a bee sting to like actual cancer they were like it could be lupus though mm-hmm. so i was like i remember like looking that up and being like oh autoimmune disease lupus when your body like attacks itself um so like for me to for me to her to say that I was like autoimmune disease is something that can be managed it's something that can be treated I'm not going to die from it like yes people in lupus have complications that cause them to die but like this is not that and it's still manageable I'm not terminal there is there is a treatment for this right and that made me feel better yeah and like I could there can be a normal with like within the bounds of the diet and And so did you ever need medication um, I no, I never need medication after that. Like, all of the symptoms went away. I still had to take no, I had to take medication for a year to repair the stomach lining. To like, mm. to it wasn't really medication. It was more of like natural. I went to a naturalist. To be perfectly honest, like a herbalist. Oh yeah, yeah, natu- like naturopath. Thank you. Um, just to repair the damage to my stomach, yeah. like to yeah. like reintroduce natural flora because the medication they had me on, right ruined everything like I had nothing left to fight off anything or like mm-hmm. to digest any food so like yeah through like going through that the, like the gluten-free diet and then like really focusing on like 
like natural vegetables and green vegetables and like all of these vegetables that would reintroduce minerals and like yeah, proper enzymes into my system naturally. And plus taking like these herbal supplements to like reintroduce like healthy flora mm-hmm. yeah. to like actually do all these things. That's what I took for a, for a year and like on and off after yeah. that. Probiotics. Well, and that's the thing about celiac specifically because of where it attacks, right? Is that people have kind of, some people have wildly dif- different symptoms because it's basically that you're malnourished because the organ that you have that should be absorbed, even if you are eating, even if you're able to eat regularly, the organ that you have that should be absorbing minerals isn't doing its job. So yeah. people become super malnourished even if they're able to eat. Yeah. And that's um, like the scariest part. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't know why. So so now that was a long time ago. You just said like eight or nine years. Yeah, I'm like, what, I'm 32 right now. And that was like, I was fully diagnosed when I was 25. 25, so, okay. 24, 25. So like seven or eight years. Seven so, or eight years. Wow. So that's a long time. And since you changed your diet and maybe now know that you can eat chips, I'm sure things are labeled better. <laughs> and yeah. it's like easier to learn about what is out when it's like wheat barley rye whatever the gluten grains are um other than that like how does it does it impact your day-to-day or how how has your health been otherwise both of those things um so i'll answer the first question first the how it affects my everyday even though we have all of these like we have so many more options now like for gluten-free foods and like other alternatives yeah but like the stigma around celiac disease is still a thing where people don't believe it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like I will, I every single day have one person at least, or like within two days have someone ask me, be like, Oh, but like, could you just eat it anyway? Like yeah. do you have a cheat day? And I'm like, no, I don't have a cheat day. Or it's like, if my food is contaminated and I feel sick, they're like, Oh, you're being dramatic. Like it's not that bad. Like you're not showing symptoms. Right. That we- necessarily be constituted as like like if i was to puke up blood they would be like oh my god you were really sick but like for me to be like i actually can't concentrate i have a like i'm developing hives on my face and like i i deal like right now since it's been out of my system for so long my symptoms are a lot worse so like it's like faster stronger it's it's like instant instantaneous and it it doesn't go away for a long time like it's your body attacking itself it doesn't and people are like oh just drink lots of water it will flush it out of your system and i'm like <laughs> or like take an antihistamine and i'm like what what like what is this it's not like, a I'm histamine not reaction an, exactly i'm not having like a, a like a like a hay fever attack or like a, a like a normal allergy attack where i'm like oh well, some pollen yeah. entered my system like i'm now itchy and like i'm sneezing i hate like, when people take me to take tell tell me to take allergy medication just in general because i have yeah. like a lot of sinus problems like that's not related to what's going on exactly. i'm glad they've worked for you yeah thank you for telling me to take an allergy medication i'm it's not going to work or you're like, do you want some water to like flush it out of your system? I'm like, flush what out of my system? Like my organs out of my system? Yeah, sure. Like, yeah. give me that. Yeah. Um, or they're like, like at a restaurant, people will be like, if I'm like, if there's something that I can't eat there, um, they'll be, they won't think of me. Like, I don't mm-hmm. like right now. It's fine. Like to a point where I can like, I'm able to look up a menu beforehand. Right. But I also find it really, really upset. Like, re- it's really hard when people will ask people if they're vegetarian or vegan 
or if they are lactose intolerant. But like when it comes to celiac disorder, it's not considered so much. It's starting to be more and more, mm-hmm. especially with more of millennials being like, this is a actual disease. This is an actual illness. Um, this should be like a thing we all, because I think people, I think millennials are a lot more cognizant of what they're eating. Mm-hmm. Um, just in general. And I think just in general. So like, people are making conscious choices to be vegan or be gluten-free no matter if they have a, a, a problem or not. Right. Um, and being very like cognizant of where their food is made and what's in their food. So I think it now it's like with millennial companies and young companies, it's becoming more and more of an option. Like people are like, we should have like, represent that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they oftentimes pair it together with like veganism. So it's like gluten-free vegan together. And they're like, this is your meal. And yeah. you're like, great like, awesome. this is a really specific combination of foods exactly and you're like that's totally fine mm-hmm. but um for my everyday life it it affects it doesn't really affect me like i'm able to to cover myself if i'm meal prepping and i'm i'm doing things for me it becomes tricky if i'm dating a new person or mm-hmm. i'm going on dates or i'm meeting new people and they're like offer me a cookie or offer me like like today, for example, um, one of the people I work with made cookies for the staff and she offered me one, but she didn't offer it to me like, isn't here, do you want this? She like put it, a three of them on my desk for for the people that were like sitting working with me and she's like, enjoy it. Instead of me being like, oh, I can't have this, I'm allergic. I just was like, thank you. And like offered mine to somebody else. Mm-hmm. But then of course, if she follows up, I have to be like, I didn't eat it. Yeah. I actually can't. So I make cognizant decisions to either like, is it worth me going into like the whole rigmarole of telling her or just being like, yeah, it was delicious. Yeah. Which is what I end up doing. As I'm like, oh, it was really good. Thank you. Right. People, like, especially if- with baked goods, people get like offended. I think there's there's a the separate diet mentality because I've, I have turned down cookies before and people yeah. like come at you. They're like, oh, come on. You're like, yeah, no, I wasn't going to tell cookie. you. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, like or like okay. it's the holidays, and you're like, oh that, no, it's not that, that I'm trying to lose weight. Like I don't yeah. need you to talk me out of my weight loss diet. I'm just, I'm not going to eat that cookie. It's going but to make me sick. So true. It's like that's the obvious. Everyone always thinks they're like, oh, it's the holidays, or it's like, oh, it's only Lil, or like, yeah, it it's oh, I made it with they like listing off the like it's only like flour, it's butter. It's homemade. Like, there's no chemicals in it. Like, I'm like, yeah, but no, I can't have it. Like, it's okay. I don't want it. But, like, you try to yeah. be polite. Yeah. Because you don't want to get into that long conversation. Right. But, like, because as soon as you say something like, I have, like, this disease or, like, oh, I have, like, this disease. They're like, my cousin's friend's uncle has that. Have and you tried she, yoga? Have you tried this, this, and this? Or, like, a yoga? Or, like, yeah. have you tried, like, relaxing breathing? And you're like, No. And they're like, they have this wonderful pill now at Rexall and you can take it and it cures your celiac disorder. I'm like, that's not a thing. And like, I'm not going to take the medication, but thank you so much for your candor. Yeah. Um, and you end up being that asshole who is like, I didn't ask for your opinion and I didn't really want it. I was just trying to say I don't want a cookie. Right. And I didn't want to get into this conversation we're having right now. I didn't want to lie to you in 20 minutes about having eaten yeah. your cookie. And now this is worse. Yeah. And this is so much worse for me. Yeah. Or it's like people who... <laughs> will be like like for example in meetings people will put out like baked goods and they'll like they'll order gluten-free things but they'll put them on the same plate as things that are not gluten-free yeah. and i will eat it and they'll get really offended being like but i bought you a gluten-free thing i'm like yeah but then you put it on a bed of crackers so like therefore it's on a gluten-free thing or like if i have to have conversation with my family about like even though yes 
meat is like not is gluten free. When you cook stuffing in the turkey, it then makes everything not gluten free. And no, I can't have it. And no, I'm not being an asshole. I'm not being difficult. It's just that I can't have it. Yeah. Because I will get sick. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you're always so difficult. You have so many restrictions. And I'm like, not really, just one. Like, I just don't, <laughs> I can't have that. Yeah. And like, I think you become, like, at least for me and maybe for you as well, you just, you start developing these coping mechanisms for just being like, is this worth talking about? Like, do I have to have this conversation or can I just be like, I don't want it. Yeah. And like, you just have to accept the fact that people will think you're an asshole for being like, I don't want your cookie. I don't. And people, you're right. People get really offended with baked goods. If they make something, they assume you're going to eat it no matter what. And you're like, I don't, I don't want it. If you made me like, I don't know, crustless pumpkin pie, I would maybe like entertain that and be like, hey, and I always ask questions, being like, this looks really good. Can you tell me how you made it? I love baking. And have them list the ingredients off in a really like not a direct way. <laughs> so I can be like, sounds great and move on. Yeah. And maybe you're the same way where you like ask it in like roundabout ways. Of, like, Because you don't want to come out somebody and be like, what's in your cookie? Tell you right now. Gluten free. Yeah. But you can be like, hey, I'm a baker too. Like, what did you make? How did you make this? And people who bake always want to tell you what they made it with. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's only four ingredients or only like two ingredients. They're like, I made it with magic. And you're <laughs> like, awesome, cool. Is there flour in that magic? And they're like, of, but of course, why yeah. would there not be? Yeah. And you're like, cool, check mark. I don't want it. And you're yeah. like, great. That's so great for you. Or like that um, gravy isn't for me. Whatever yeah, it is. I, that gravy. Like what, but, and you find like, so like, especially when holidays or like any kind of like dinner party, I will reach out to the host ahead of time being like, just so you know, like I'm, I actually have celiac disease. Um, I can't have gluten. I'm like, so please don't feel obligated to make me a meal. Mm-hmm. I will make, I'll bring my own meal, but like, I don't want it to be weird. And I don't want it to be a conversation. So like, and they're like, and sometimes they'll be like, Oh, like, what can you have? And I'll be like, this is what I can eat. Or like, what I'm like, what are you making? Mm-hmm. And we'll have a conversation about it. And I'm like, okay, well, like, I can't have this, but I'll definitely have the vegetables as long as you keep it away from the rest of the meal. And, like, mm-hmm. in that time, that's one of those things you have to kind of take – you have to kind of – if you're going to be flexible, you have to really make that commitment to be like, do I trust this person enough to not contaminate mm-hmm. – like, their kitchen, their kitchen is obviously not gluten-free. like free. Mm-hmm. Am I willing to take that chance? Right. And – depending on the person, how well I know them, I can be very direct with them being like, I'm not going to take the chance. I'm going to bring my own meal. Yeah. Um, but I often at times will just not eat. Like I just will go to the, the, the meal and I'll be like, I'm actually not feeling that great right now. Do you mind if I just skip dinner and like maybe I'll graze later on, but I didn't want to miss this mm-hmm. and I'll eat beforehand. But like, that's a lot better. It goes off a lot better. If you don't feel well, people are a lot more forgiving. If you go to a meal and you're like, I'm not going to eat. Yeah. Because it, then it becomes like, what did I do wrong? It's like personal, yeah. Yeah, and you're personally attacking them. And I don't want to personally attack them, but I also don't want someone to be responsible for my disease. Right. And if my life is better now, like, uh, I will definitely figure out, yes, it's better. Like, yes, I'm not dealing with all these things. I've, I'm a healthy weight. I I don't deal with the same, the same symptoms. I'm not sick like I, I was. And yes, there's cross-contamination. I can't avoid it sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes just happen mm-hmm. and i'll be like fuck i'm gonna feel shitty for a couple of days right um but you know that it's, it's gonna get better i know it's gonna get better yeah yeah God. i navigating diet around other people 
that's all. I just, I really feel that. People really take your dietary choices personally. They do. And they take it upon themselves to like fix you. And I find that really stressful myself because I'm someone who's very independent and I, I don't need to be fixed. I need to just be respectful of the fact that I don't want to eat your food. Yeah. And like, I'm not doing it to be mean. I'm not doing it to be an asshole. I'm doing it because I don't want to feel shitty or I have like, it's, it's more important for me to be healthy than for me to hurt your, like not to hurt your feelings. Right. And that's like, oh. and that's the thing. And it, it just seems like if you told someone you had like cancer or, or you were pregnant or like any of these other like acceptable ways to turn down food. Things that people know about. Yeah, things that people know about or can relate to. Like they people with cancer, there's a physical manifestation that they can like are is tangible to them. Like our media has it, like our, it's on our television shows. People can relate to that, being like, Oh yeah, you have to be like handled with like kid gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, with your dietary, be very careful. But celiac disorder is still like this weird stigma where you're like, is it real? Yeah. Gluten-free diets might actually hurt people. I know. And like you have like CNN coming out with like MSNBC coming out with like articles being like gluten-free myth. (laughs) And you're like, no, it isn't. No. And I understand what they're saying. It's like it's it's for the 22-year-old guy or girl who's like, I want to lose weight for Cabo and gluten-free seems like the best diet for me. Mm -hmm. But really anybody who's not – a a celi- not suffering from celiac disorder or some sort of intolerance should not be on a gluten-free diet. It's high in starch, it's high in sugar. Right, like or like... Process, you can process gluten. Yeah, and like, I don't... It's not even about now, like, paleo and stuff, which I think plenty of people do well on that. But like, yeah, don't... Gluten-free products are not... When you're just wanting to eat bread or just wanting to eat cookies, like, they're not a healthier alternative to just eating bread or cookies. They're a crutch. They are... They're a crutch. Definitely a crutch. And most people who are celiac, who have been as like who's been diagnosed as long as I have and have been off, we I don't buy a lot of the products that are gluten free. I just I will I can make my own. I eat differently, and it's fine. Like if instead of going to like buy gluten free bread, I don't need to eat bread. Right. Like my mother buys it for me because it's 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 something that she's used to buying, so she thinks I want it too. Yeah. So when I'm home at her house and I'm visiting her, yeah, I'll have a peanut butter sandwich and gluten free bread. But again, like I thing. actually bring my own peanut butter because I know right. that that bread has gone on bread. I don't toast it. Yeah. And like my parents are still learning those things. Like my parent, like at the cottage, we were there this weekend, and I, my mom bought me gluten-free bread and she put it in the toaster, and I was like, you can "Have it." No thanks. Like no thank you, and she got really offended. She was like, because she took it upon herself that she ruined it for me. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not mad. I'll yeah. just take out two more slices of bread and just like, it's fine. I don't need this whole loaf anyway. So yeah. Like I'm not going to eat it. It's going to stay in this freezer for like an untold amount of time. Like I'm fine. Yeah. But also like my mother and my parents have like taken upon themselves to feel bad. They were like poisoning me as a child. And I was like, you're fine. Like I'm not angry. Yeah. It's been a long time. Like I'm good. And there's no way you could have known. Exactly. There's no way. Like, and she was like, well, I tested you for everything else. And I'm like, yeah, but they didn't know a test for this. And the, 90 early 90s like i don't know like what to tell you here yeah yeah anyway so yeah so it's the social (laughs) stuff no that's great social stuff yeah it's super relatable i I think that's dangerous part of it is that i think people fall into and like there's a person at my work who's newly diagnosed celiac she's like 
it's been a year for her and she's still doing the same thing i like where she's like i guess i'll have a beer because everyone is having one i don't want to be the odd person out who has to order something else or like when someone goes out with her and they're like do you want to get a pitcher of beer she doesn't want to be like no i'll have a drink so she's still in dealing with like that figuring out or like ordering a meal with people and people are like let's order a pizza and she doesn't want to order her own pizza so she'll just like yeah. Go in extra large pizza and eat that and feel shitty for days. Right. And she's like, I just don't like feeling like I am. And yeah. I finally told her, I finally told her once, I was like, but the only people, the only person that you're hurting is yourself. Yeah. Like, do you think that person gives a shit like later on that night that you didn't have a pitcher of beer with them? Like they're going to get the pitcher of beer if they want a pitcher of beer. Mm-hmm. Whether you get it's a, it's a social accepted thing to ask somebody at the table with you if you want to go have these yeah. on beer. You can say no. Maybe you want wine. Maybe yeah. you want alcohol, like or uh, like a liqueur, or like a, a liquor, or a spirit. Like people say no these... for other reasons. You're exactly. just not used to it yet. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. I was like, you can say no, and like it's it. You should never feel bad to say no. And I still I, I struggle with that sometimes too. But like it's more struggling in the fact that I'm like, why am I having this conversation about your fucking cookie? Yeah. I don't want it. Right. And that's oh, yeah. like what I struggle with. It's not like a no. I, I have no problem not saying – I have no problem with saying no. I have a problem with the conversation that happens after. Yeah. And that's my social problem. We should make buttons or like cards to just hand people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gluten-free. I'm fine. Please don't ask me about it. <laughs> I, don't I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to talk about it. I'm okay. <laughs> you don't need to fix me. <laughs> yeah. Like, like and also like I, I was a really big shock to people because – like you always have the same question, like, oh, do you miss it? Do you miss bread? Do you yeah. miss pizza? Do you miss all of these things? And I'm like, I don't remember what it tastes like. I'm like, to be perfectly honest, like, if I'm being really honest with myself, like, I don't remember what bread tastes like. Like, I remember gluten-free bread tastes like. It tastes like rice. Yeah. It kind of tastes like paste in a way. It's sad. It's it's sad. It, it's like, I, I get that taste. It's not fluffy, but like... But, like, I don't, I don't miss have... being itchy all the time. I don't exactly. miss sc- scratching my skin off. I don't there miss... is nothing I like enough that I like it more than having skin. Exactly. And that's the thing I have to explain to people. I'm so happy you said that because it's true. Like, I don't miss so much more in my life. And I'm so happy that I'm able to not have those things, that not having, like, a croissant and not having, like, a... a extra large pizza or like a garlic bread that's real to myself like i don't give a shit like not having to tell a cab driver to stop the cab so i can throw up stomach acid and like bile on the street in front of like a a bunch of people or like being debilitatingly like cramping so much or like having to go all through these tests and like having your hair fall out and like being itchy like none of these things are like a comparable thing to like fuck i miss pizza right like yeah fuck it sucks that it's a small pizza if i were to order from a uh, like a establishment and yeah it's like it's really sucks that gluten-free food is portion controlled but like yeah like the crust is crispier because we don't like there's no nothing gummy in it like it's fine it just yeah, is it's okay. yeah. And I can make a cauliflower crust. If I wanna if I really want a large pizza, yeah. I can do the work and make a cauliflower crust for myself. Like it's fine. My biggest like, I'm pizza gonna be okay. My biggest pizza problem right now is that there's like a local company um that makes a frozen pizza that is like a large it's frozen, so it's not cut, but basically cuts into eight full slices. And it's, it's called, I think, against the grain. So it's like grain free. So it's probably tapioca and whatever kind of like 
things go into gluten-free things. Um, and it is so good, but I always eat my entire half and it's too much pizza. So that's my problem right now. But I think that's like a really indicative of like someone who doesn't have the ability to order it quick, like easily is when you actually get that option. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to eat the whole 12 slices. Yeah. It's gluten-free. I can do it. Yeah. Because we and don't then, get it very often. No. And that's the thing. It's like, it's actually like when people call like pizza who are not gluten-free or don't have allergies or anything like that, and they call it a treat, it's not really a treat. They can get it all the time. Yeah. But for us, like getting like a not a small like six slice pizza with like toppings on it and or you don't have to like, like cardboard, like a good yeah, quality a, crust. A good quality crust. You're like, oh my God, this is never going to happen again. Yeah. And you like eat it down. So it's like, it's always really interesting when people are, but I also find it interesting that people take on that upset that i don't have yeah they're like like i don't like people their natural reaction when they actually sit down and talk to you about your like dietary restrictions their immediate reaction always is i'm so sorry are you okay yeah and you're like i couldn't live like that i couldn't like that's i couldn't live that way i could never give up bread i'm like you talk to me when you've been itching yourself for seven years and cutting yourself yeah like, you talk to me then because I can tell you right now, you can give it up. Yeah. It will be really easy, actually. Yeah. Or like, oh, I just love beer so much. And I'm like, great. I don't. And I can't have it. So, like, it's fine. I, don't, I don't know what I'm missing. I, I'm not missing it. Yeah. 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 You, don't, you don't understand the choice. Yeah. But, great. Yeah. That's, that's uh, being celiac in a nutshell. Great. It's other people's problems with it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sharing your celiac journey with me. Thank you for listening to the fourth episode of No End in Sight. I've got a bunch of great stories lined up for future episodes, so make sure you subscribe in iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to commiserate with me on Twitter about navigating dietary restrictions, you can always find me at BennisB. And if you want to share your story with me, just click my bio link there to schedule an interview. I would absolutely love to hear from you. I also recently started a Facebook group called Chronic Hustlers for people living with chronic conditions who are self-employed. So whether you're freelancing or running an Etsy shop or managing your own Fortune 500 company, I'd love it if you joined. Last thing, this podcast is supported by my cross-stitch company, Digital Artisanal. When I'm up for it, I make simple modern patterns that you'll actually want to hang in your home. For me, cross-stitch is a perfect way to occupy my mind and my eyeballs during flares when I mostly watch long TV marathons. I just released my fall pattern collection, and I'd love it if you checked us out at digitalartisanal.com. Thanks for listening.